Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it's Unique and welcome to episode 11 of Dear Black Girl. Now, just so you guys know, I know it's only the beginning of October, but holiday season's rolling around and we're going to take a break when holiday season kicks in. So that means we have a few episodes left of Dear Black Girl before the season one finale, and we'll be back at the top of the year. Oh, my God, that was a mouthful. Hope I did not say that too fast. Um, thank you guys for tuning in every week to Dear Black Girl. Um, your support is much appreciated. Also, don't forget every week to DM us whatever music you're listening to that week so we can put it up on our IG at Dear Black Girl Pod, part of our new segment on IG called Weekend Music Vibes, where we are trying to interact with our listeners and see what you guys are listening to. Um, you can also hit me up on IG at Smiles, U-N-E-E Smiles. And yeah, so guys, let's get into this episode. Dear Black Girl, meet Ricketti. Hi, guys. Now, Ricketti, I met last... Was it last year? Mm-hmm. Okay, last year, actually in Washington, D.C., which is weird. <laughs> we both live in New York. I know, right? Hey, but, you got to you gotta go where the work is. But we, I met her during this panel <laughs> called Creature on Destiny, and she was the performer for the panel, and she sang one of her songs. And then I saw you again. Here. No. Not well. I thought you in New event. York. Yeah, but and I was like, "Hey, oh, I think it was like Mouse's Woman Hating Club reunion." Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. And that was like a year ago. Then again, at the invite only mixer, and I feel like it might have been another time before then. Well, anyway, Probably like at a show or something like that. Maybe I don't. I don't remember. Still gotta come to my show, but okay. Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> but anyway, this is a chatty. She's a singer. <laughs> Hi guys. So. Tell us about yourself. All right. So um, my name is Ricketti, R-K-H-T-Y. And yes, that is my real name. It's actually my middle name. Um, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I am a singer-songwriter. And um, I'd, I'd like to, at this point in time, like classify myself as a creative because I, I'm kind of in charge of doing everything myself. <laughs> you know, so from the graphics to, of course, the music to production to visuals and all that other stuff. So I'm an independent artist in every sense of the word. So, yeah. How draining is that? <sighs> it's it's not that bad, but I think that it's one thing to remain consistent. I think that's what the most that that's the hardest thing about it just remaining consistent and thinking of new things to come out with and staying true to yourself because you may you know I, I know a lot of people that are doing very well for themselves and it's like oh man like this worked for them and I'm like I don't think this is gonna work for me and I don't really want to do it anyway so being consistent is very draining doing what I love is fun working a nine-to-five <laughs> and doing that is super draining. So, but it, it's, you know, I'm at a point where um, 
my supervisors at my job, they're super understanding. And like, you know, I'll come in and I'll tell them like, listen, guys, we got to get together. I got to make this Grammy 2018 thing work. And they're like, yo, so what you need? You need this day off real quick? <laughs> I'm like, not yet, not yet, not yet. So, so hold that real quick for me. So I'm at a point where, um, you know, I've been meeting a lot of like people that are influential and that genuinely want to help. And, you know, you hear so many horror stories and um, I'm very grateful that um, it's kind of like taking the other way from me. And I've been able to kind of like just maneuver past all that way past them. Like as soon as you see something like "Mm -mm, this ain't gonna work and just keep it moving. So, yeah. So how do you keep yourself from being burnt out? I don't know. (laughs) Honestly, you know what? I I graduated from school and I can honestly say that. I put my all into going to school. And I went to grad school after that. And when I came back, I was burned out. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what it feels like to be burned out. So I wouldn't say that I'm burnt out right now. I'm just exhausted. I think it's important to, it's okay to take time for yourself. People always talk about the hustle and talk about the grind. You can't hustle, you can't grind if you're sick. Yeah, you, you have to take care of yourself. You have to take those breaks. You have to. And, you know, it's only going to go but so far. So it's really important that you pay attention to what your body's saying. And it's okay to have fun. Life is life too, short. Is too short. There are, are a lot of people who aren't here. And I wish they were here so I could share this experience with them. You know, from accidents to sickness. And life is super fragile. I say that you should definitely go for your dreams, but listen to your body and take care of yourself because you want to live a long life in order to pursue more goals. So when did you realize, like, singing, this is it? Like, because <laughs> you didn't go to school for singing, but you're like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. So I've always wanted to sing. I went to school for speech pathology, so basically to be a speech therapist. And in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm going to do speech therapy. And I'm going to be a speech pathologist. I'm going to learn my voice. And then, you know, maybe I'll, you know, help somebody with, like, accent reduction, make some money, and then go into singing. That didn't quite... (laughs) It didn't work out like that. So I went to grad school for audiology, and I was like, all right. And audiology is a doctoral program. So I was like, all right, I'm going to be a doctor. Who doesn't want to be a doctor? I was like, Dr. Aaron. My last name is Aaron. I was like, this sounds good. And then I started doing it, and I was like, mm, I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing this. And I was like, you know what? I don't really want to spend any more time doing something that I don't want to do. So I left grad school, and I was like, all right, let's do this music thing. And I legit had to start from scratch because, you know, we're in New York in the hub of music and creativity, but of course everybody has their own, you know, community and their own clique. And it's just a matter of, like, finding people to collaborate and that are interested in the same things that you're doing. To learn from them, I think that's really important. Um, Part of the experience is just learning from other people. So um, I've always wanted to do it. It was just a matter of me taking the initiative and making that next step and taking that next step to, like, say, all right, I'm going to do this, like, for real, for real now. So... It has not been easy, but it, it <laughs> it's definitely been worth it. And I can tell you for a fact that I sometimes I think I'm like deathly shy and I legit had to give myself like pep talks. I would go to like 
I standard like um <laughs> Wait, so, what is I standard? So I standard is a um it's like a collective and for the most part a lot of people might know it as like um they do showcases for producers. Okay. So I would go and like give myself a pep talk and like listen to beats uh from people that I would like and like go up there and like, hey, you know my name is Raketty. Mind you, I didn't have any recorded music, so it's just kinda like me saying, yeah, I can sing. And a lot of people say they can sing. So people wouldn't pay me any mind and stuff like that. So it's me doing that continuously and, like, kind of, like, linking up with my first producer and, like, really getting that started. And, you know, from there, he introduced me to other people who, you know, and now they, well, one of them, she lives here. But, you know, people come and go throughout New York. They want to try things out. They want to see, you know, if what they wanted to pursue, if that's actually... It. Yeah, if that's it. So, um, I mean, I think I've I've made some really good friends, even though they they don't necessarily live here. But yeah. All right. So, what is your song number? We're gonna count down. So, what's your song number five? Ooh, song number five. Song number five. I'm gonna say "We Get By" by JoJo. That came off of her Agape um, mixtape. I like that song because it it. <laughs> It resonates with me, and I feel like it resonates with a lot of people. Like, um, in the song, she's talking about, like, her journey, um, like, throughout the day and, like, really thinking about what her next step is. And I, I've always admired JoJo and her her journey because it's taken her a lot to get to where she is right now, and I'm super happy for her. Like, when I heard that she got out of her contract, I was like, oh, my God. And that took a long time. I I felt a sigh of relief when I, I wasn't even <laughs> in this situation. And um, so, yeah, We Get By by JoJo. JoJo, um, what are some lessons you've learned from just looking at her journey? To- Stay true to yourself. I think if you've looked at the music that she's released, you know, while she was in this limbo, mm-hmm. she never strayed from who she was in order to get more attention. And, and her lot... As long as you stay true to yourself, your fans will follow. And I think that that, if you ever look at like any of her videos and stuff like that, people come out because they're happy for her. They're genuinely happy that she's happy and she's in the situation that she's comfortable with. So stay true to yourself. And just even, that's a really stressful situation that she was in. And even though she made some really good music and she did what she wanted to do, and experimented with the things that, you know, with the music that she's put out during that time. So what's the journey been like for you? <sighs> Tumultuous, <laughs> I would say. I every you know what? <laughs> I love music, but I want to be able to make a living off of it. And it's hard. It's hard to do when, you know, sometimes you feel like the world is against you or it's you're doing all this work and then there's no like follow up or follow through to it. So it's difficult. You know, every two seconds, like, sometimes I'm like, I don't know, should I be doing this? Like, oh, my God, maybe I should go back to school. And then I'm like, no, no. Like, just last year, I was like, I'm going to quit music. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I could not bring, <laughs> couldn't bring myself to do it. Because, you know, it's something I love. And life, I just, I've seen people do things that they don't want to do in order to get to places that they're, they want it to be in. And it, it takes away from the experience. So I wouldn't trade the experience, but I, I would hope that, you know, things start to pick it gets up. better. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think that for the most part, too, I've met some really great people that have taught me some 
valuable lessons. And, you know, during this time, I feel like this is the critical stage where you're out of school and you're really trying to figure out, like, this adult thing. Managing your time, you know, to do what you want to do in or- and as well as go to work and, and do other adult things, you know, go shopping, take care of other things and people. You know, this has been, I feel like I've had a really large span of like a growth spur because I've, I've learned how to be an adult and how to manage situations, people, personalities, all of that you have to take into consideration. No matter how, how much people tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm independent, I'm going to do this myself and I don't need anybody, you always need somebody. No matter how independent you are, you always need someone. And adulting is so hard. Adulting is a... It's, it's like, a oh, job. is this what this is? <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, how old am I again? What's going on? Like, what's your career path and what you want to do? <clears throat> like, what are your parents' takes on, take on it? <laughs> My parents overall are very supportive. Um, when I left grad school, it wasn't like a surprise because they knew I was miserable. So their their thing is kind of how do we help you? You know, I'm not in school. I'm not I don't have like a traditional job per se. So and especially with media um, and just managing your audience, they don't really know how to help me other than to be there. And they come out to my shows and they support when they can, you know, if they're not working. And um, I mean, but every once in a while, my mom would, you know, she'll come behind me like, hey, so you kind of need like, you need to start paying into Social Security. And I'm just like, I'm about to blow up, mommy. It's okay. (laughs) All right. But in the meantime, you still need to pay into Social Security. I'm like, okay, all right, soon. Um, But I'm super grateful for them. Like if I have an idea, they'll help in any way. They're like, you know, what about this? Or why don't you try this? Or, you know, when I have events or if I'm throwing an event myself, my mom and my dad will be there to fold flyers if they have to or give out plant pamphlets. Like, they're there. But, you know, they're still my parents. And like, So the importance of, like, having these different type of support systems mm-hmm. in your journey, how effective is that? I think that you really have to know who to go to for certain answers. Like, I'm not going to ask my mom when she thinks I should post for Instagram. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you have to think about your needs and not be afraid to ask certain people for help. You have to do it in a way, you know, don't don't always, you can't be needy. You have to also be willing to help other people and be there for other people as well because everyone needs help. I think for me, the hardest thing that I've had to learn is to be supportive, be as supportive for people as I I would want them to be supportive for me. Like, I I have friends that, you know, once I started this, I was like, you know, I'm going to blow up, I'm going to pay your student loans off, and we're just going (laughs) to go, and we're going to travel the world. And they're not my friends anymore. Because when I left school, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was depressed. You know, you you go to school for some odd years, and then you come out, you can't find a job, you don't really know what you're doing, and it's 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 hard. So I was kind of like in a funk and I feel like, you know, I, I take blame. I take part blame for it. Um, and I feel like I wasn't there for my friends how I should have been and how I wish they would have been for me. And it kind of just dissipated. So I feel like it's important to 
have a support system and, and have support system in, in different capacities, but also know that people need you as well. No matter how strong or how people look like they have it together, they more than likely don't have it together. And they need you just as much as you need them. Let's go on to song number four. Ooh, I got a good one. If It's Magic by Stevie Wonder. So, um, I, I mean, who doesn't love Stevie Wonder? But this song, um, it starts off saying, like, he, he sings, if it's magic, then why can it be everlasting? And I, I love that line because I feel like when we have moments in time that we're just, like, having fun, it's like, oh, my God, I wish this would, like, never end. Or, like, why can't I have more times like this? So that's kind of the, the premise of the song. So if it's magic. So let's talk. Have you had magic moments like that? Like, share them. I can't, <laughs> you can't oh think my, of one right I now? I can't think of it, like, off the top. I think, for me, I work a lot. So just spending time with my friends and just, like, just chilling out and cracking jokes and laughing, like, that's kind of, like, my magic moment. So it's not one particular moment, um, per se. I think, I mean, if I had to pick one, like, performance-wise or event-wise, um, the first time... That I went to Guyana. My parents are Guyanese. So both my parents are Guyanese. And I went back to Guyana and performed at like the stadium in front of like like 10,000 people. That was pretty cool. I think that, that was definitely a magical moment. And it was like, is this what this feels like? I like this. Like, let's do this often. So that's, that's like my magic moment for like performance-wise. But in general, just spending time with people. And my friends and just catching up with people. I, that may sound so, like, corny, but <laughs> time gets away from you and you don't even realize it until it's like, it's May already? Like, what's yeah. going on? No, I understand that. Like, time with family back home, like, that. those are the moments, like, I really treasure. Like, mm -hmm. I wish I could go home more to see my friends because I haven't seen them in forever and everyone's growing up. Yeah, growing up, everybody's getting promotions at work. I think my magic moments as well would be, like, my friends actually doing what they want to do and, like, really loving their job. Because you, you come across a lot of people who don't like what they're doing, and that energy just, like, transfers over to you. And it's like, bro, get a job you like, please. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not my fault. So magic moments as far as, like, seeing people grow in their fields and, like, doing what they love. So when was your first public performance? Well, I've always sang. So I started in church. I was, like, part of, like, a bar-wide chorus. I've sang at Carnegie Hall and, like, abroad. So maybe, like, in church? Okay, I, let's go outside of church. Like, when you were like, I'm going to do this for real. Oh. Ooh. I, you know what? I don't remember. Don't? No, that's bad. But my memory is really <laughs> bad, though. So I'd probably have to, like, go through, like, my old Instagram posts to, like, I don't, I can't even tell you. <laughs> that's, oh. Well, when you do do a show, <laughs> what's the type of feeling you want people to have, like, coming to it, going through it with you, and after they see you perform? I want people to be able to relate to what I'm telling them. Um, and I don't want to just, I try my best for my sets for the most part not to just sing about love. Like I, 
I want to talk about things that are happening um, in, in recent times. And I definitely always want to leave people on a positive note. So if anyone has ever been to any of my performances, like they'll know that maybe I shouldn't say that, but whatever. <laughs> For the most part, like I'll I'll end off my set with um, my song, "The Most Beautifulest Thing in This World," because I it it's such a fun song, and um, I ask for crowd participation. People usually, you know, they're there, even if it's like five people. They're like, oh, I like this song. Like this makes me feel so good. <laughs> so you know, I want people to to be able to relate to what I'm telling them, but also um, bring them up to speed up to recent times and then leave them off on a positive note. So recently, have you had moments where you had to like grow through an experience? Yes, every day. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just bought a guitar, right? Uh huh. Um, because it's getting expensive to. <laughs> I love to perform with a live instrument, but it ain't cheap, and I'm not it's gonna not. ask anybody to. You know, this is their job, and this is what they love to do, and I would happily pay someone. But I've always wanted to learn how to play an instrument. I have a piano as well, but. Guitar. I just put that on my radar for this year, right? <laughs> so it came with the DVD, and I um I'm tuning it or whatever. Like you know, it pops, and I just like burst out crying. I'm like, I can't do this, and I just text my friend like, I don't think I can do this anymore. She's like, What's your problem? So it's just like an everyday struggle because sometimes you just you're just so frustrated, and you really have to push through because if you don't push through, no one else is gonna push through for you. And no one can have your back like you. There can be 10 million people behind you, but if you don't have that willingness to go forth and really do what you want to do, it's not really going to make a difference. Literally every day is a struggle because it's a struggle as far as like time management. Um, what are the more important things I need to tackle? And it's easy to not do it. It's so easy. So easy. That's the thing. But it's so satisfying, so satisfying and rewarding to finish and be like, I actually finished a task on my list of things to do today. <laughs> so, yeah. Song number three. Song number three. Hmm. Ooh, this is a good one. El Cantante. So this song, <laughs> I went to study abroad a couple years ago and... Um, during this time, Mark Anthony, I don't know if you remember, Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez came out with this song. Um, came out with a, a movie, El Cantante, and it was about like Hector Lavoe. Yeah, I did not know that. It was so, it's so good, and the soundtrack is so good. And El Cantante was written by um, Willie Colon. Willie Colon actually still he's around, and um, this song is just talking about being a singer, like El Cantante, the singer. Like I'm the singer. I'm here to be the voice of the people. This is what we want, and this is how we feel. So this is what El Cantante is about. So what is it like being a singer? <laughs> what is it like being a singer? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, I think my online presence reflects something different. Like, when people meet me, they're like, oh. I don't know if people think I'm mean. <laughs> but they're like, oh, she's really nice. Or, like, I, you know, I can be kind of goofy. I don't know if I want to say goofy. Like a jokester. So it's it's always interesting when people are like, you sing, right? And I'm like, yeah, how do you know that? Because I, you know, I feel like I have a, you know, a ways to go. And it's always cool when people are like, even if they don't know my face, my name, they're like, Ruh, Ricketti? Like, I didn't even know that was a real word. 
yo, I heard your song. I love your song. I think the best part about it is people saying like, oh my God, I love your song. Or it's a cool feeling. Like, oh my God, I wrote this and people like this. And people are singing to it. I know, right? People know the words. Like, I get goosebumps when I like watch people's performances and like the audience sings the words to the song. I'm like, Then people, you know, they memorize the words to my song and they like really like it. So yeah, it's fantabulous. So what's some of the difficulties that she faced, like trying to achieve the dream? <sighs> Student loan. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, and for people that will listen to my interviews, that's like the first thing. <laughs> you know, like if I didn't have to pay my student loans and like I could really concentrate on things, it'd be great, but that's not life. That's not real life for me right now. So, you know, having to, like, juggle student loans and, like, pay for studio time, um, managing time. It's a difficulty, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, difficulties. But it, it's a really good life, guys. <laughs> um, when I started, someone told me that this was, like, a very um, heavily male-dominated world. And I was like, Really? And then you're in it, and it's like, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Here we go. Um, collaborating with people for the simple fact that everyone has a lot of things going on, and you you, you want to get certain things done at a certain time, but that just might not be the case. Um, I think really honing in on what you want to accomplish because it's a it's a ever evolving thing so when I first started out I was like all right I want to make music and I want to make a difference and now it's like I want to make music I want to make a difference and I want to create content that people can use throughout their lives you know and I don't want to just do music now so I'm really kind of branching out into doing my own events or really thinking about like my long term of who is Rickettian? And when people look back, what is it that they're going to see? I don't think I really reflected on that when I started. I kind of just wanted to start. So it's really figuring out who I am as an artist and how that coincides with who I am in general. Because, you know, you still have to have a certain persona as an artist and get up there and sing. But you have to make sure that you stay true to yourself as well. So going back to, like, the male-dominant environment, when did you realize, like, as a female, oh, this might be, like, a little bit harder for me, trying to maneuver and make my goals a reality in this field? Um, it's difficult, but I look at it from the standpoint of I have a fresh perspective of certain things. And the crazy thing is I actually know a lot of, like, male rappers. I don't really know a lot of, like, female rappers. I know a handful, and it's female singers. But you have to come into it with a strong sense of self because it's so easy to get lost. And let me tell you, this is just this is just from my personal experience. Like, if you can avoid dating people in music, because it's a very small community, and you don't want to get wrapped up in everything. There's a lot of rappers that have that rapper per persona, and they think they've made it, and it's like, bro, cut it out right now. So I think you have to have a strong sense of self, know when to stand your ground, know when, if and when, to 
to compromise because people will see you as like just this female or, oh, she's funny or I can get away with this and you have to really stand your ground. So it's, it hasn't been difficult for the, for, in the sense of like, oh my God, because I'm a female, like, I feel like they're looking at me a certain way or I can't achieve this, but I think it's important for females in the industry to support each other and artists or creatives in general to support each other. But you have to really be careful because there are some guys that are in it for less than desirable reasons. So, yeah. So why do you think there's a lack of female rappers now? Like less, less girls want to be female rappers or maybe... I don't know about singing, but I know it seems like less girls want to be rap. Less girls want to rap. I don't know if it's it's the fact that it's less girls that want to rap, but they, I feel like female rappers feel like they have to choose. They either have to be like super sexy or like be a tomboy, and there's no median in there. There are few people that I know that have um, have that balance, and I just. That that's just from my observation. Because sometimes I rap from time to time. <laughs> I ain't no rapper. <laughs> like I'm a singer. But I think that that maybe maybe the main thing. Like you have to either do this or do that. There's no like in between. But female rappers, I don't know. I feel like... all right. So why do you think there's those two extremes? Like why is there nothing in the middle? Like why do you have to be over sexualized or why do you have to be tomboyish? Because that's mainstream. That even though independent artists beat to their own drums, they still want that mainstream exposure as far as like the audience and the number of people that are following them. So what's the easiest thing to do? Over-sexualize yourself. What's the hardest thing to do? Stay true to yourself. So I guess the it might be that it's not necessarily that there are less female rappers. The ones that are good aren't on in the spotlight yet, hopefully. So come on, girls. Do your thing. We're on song number two, right? Four. No. Three. We're going now. Two. <laughs> <laughs> I got two more songs. <laughs> I got two more songs. So this is song number two. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. So this song is actually my song, Friday Night. And um, I wrote this song. Oh, God. I was actually talking to a guy that was in the industry. And it's essentially just reflective of kind of like how our week went. You know, he's doing his own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And whenever we can find the time to get together with, with each other and spend time, it would be Friday night. It wasn't necessary Friday night, but I just thought that was a good take. <laughs> so let's talk about dating people in your field and someone that's not in your field. Don't. <laughs> Period. <laughs> but, all right, so why should why do you feel like you shouldn't date someone in your field? From my observations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, things get very messy very quickly because as many people as it seems that there are in the city or in your your creative um, field, the, the community is still small, and you don't want to corrupt whatever business, possible business relationship you can have with that person for for something that might be or could be. or And you have to be careful with people's intentions. I think it's just a safer bet to focus on your work. <laughs> focus on your work. 
The problem is, is that in focusing in your work, you're surrounded by all these, you know, the, I guess, like the opposite sex or from from your field, and you're not really exposed to other people outside. So it's kind of like, how's this dating thing going to work? Listen, I do not have the answers because all I do is work, and all I do is <laughs> keep it strictly business. So do you think it would be a challenge if, Let's say someone was to date out of their field and they just don't understand it or get it. Mm, I think that I think that it's possible for people. You you it's everything is a learning experience. So if you don't know, ask. Like, hey, why are you doing this? Or I think a prime example, people think that recording is like a super quick thing. To record a song may take a couple of hours. So people that aren't in music, they might get a little suspicious. But I bet you if you bring them to that studio session, they'll be like, oh, my God. Like, You know, I think you just have to be patient and find somebody um, that is willing to learn and grow with you in that process. So changing the subject, uh, what's one of the greatest lessons you've learned from another woman? <laughs> I'd say there's... I feel like all the women in my life have played a role because... They juggle their dreams. They juggle work, maintaining a family, whether it's um, immediate or extended family. Um, I can, I can. My number one choice, of course, would be my mom. Half of the times, I don't even know how she does it because me going home after work to cook, not happening, <laughs> not happening. You know what I mean? And um, my friend Robin, like I've seen her build her brand and get to to really do what she loves to do and curate her own events. I can even say my aunt who's um she's a OBGYN and she doesn't she doesn't have kids but she's taking care of all of my cousins and I and all my cousins and myself. All my cousins and I. And I. That Look was right. That. <laughs> Check me out. <laughs> but, you know, and it's it's very hard to be there for other people. And in any way that they can, for the people that I've named, like they've either been there for myself or for other people and they genuinely want to help. So I'm grateful. Thanks, guys. <laughs> song number one. Song number one. So this song is by um, Kehlani. It's called um, Table. And actually a really good friend of mine co-produced it, DJ Rally Well. I love this song. I love it. I love this song. When I when he was like, yeah, and I played out. I played it so much. I had to like step away from it. I'm like, all right, but I want to listen to it again. And I I wish that song would have gotten a little bit more shine than it it did. But it's so amazing. I feel like this would be this is a great end to this because you know I know what I bring to the table. Don't settle for less. I had someone tell me at work to like, you know. Um, don't don't go for looks. Go for heart. Nope. I want it all. Don't settle. Whatever you do, don't settle for less. It's easy to settle, but it's even better to get what you want. What about the people that are at that stage where they're combating, like, the issue of, like, they they might not think they're settling, but they are? Like, what's the question you should ask yourself so you, like, know, know you're not settling? Deep down, you know. You know? You know how I know? Because there's always that little voice that you know you should be listening to. And it's like, no, no, no. It's okay. Like, it's fine. And 
every situation that I've gotten myself into that I could have avoided, <laughs> I pushed that little voice to the side. And I wish I would have listened. You know, you know, listen to, to your, intu- your intuition. That's like the best thing that you could do. So what's one of the things you're, like, you're working for or working towards right now? Um, my ultimate goal is to be able to monetize my career, whether or not it be solely in singing. You know, I want to do voiceovers. I want to do music for movies and web series. So overall, it's to just be able to monetize my career and do what I want to do and do what I love to do on a daily basis and be able to maintain myself without having to go to work for somebody else and then thinking about completing all my other tasks. And what about legacy? What's the legacy you want to leave behind for people? My legacy is ever evolving. But I'm super proud of like my Guyanese heritage. So um, I want to be able to go to Guyana and really, well, one thing that I want to do is like build a school and um, kind of bring back music because they cut their their music funds. And, you know, we all know how important music is. So I want people to be able to have music available, readily available to them and be able to make music. Um, a lot of the initiatives that I have in mind are like with Guyana in mind. So, um, you know, I want to be able to like donate money for schools to improve the schools over there and um, just help build up um, like the sense of community there because, and I've, I've gone to Guyana a couple of times and um, I think that, and I, this might be with every Caribbean country, they might think that because we're in America, we've got it good. And I'm like, y'all don't know <laughs> how good you guys have it. So I, I want people to see that they have, like the world is their oyster and all they kind of need is just to really believe in themselves. And there's so many other things that, so many other initiatives that they can bring to the forefront of the Caribbean. And I just want them to see like, hey, it's just hard work or it's just this one idea. Because if you think about it being a creative and you know, being a creative abroad in like a Caribbean country and I don't know, are you? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a first generation American, right? And telling your grandparents and telling your parents like, hey, I want to sing, it's kind of like, that's nice, but that's nice, but what what we doing like as far as like a job? Like, how does this thing work out? And you don't have a definitive answer for them. So I want to be able to show people and show parents of, you know, abroad and worldwide, like, it's best to like really support your children and like help them with whatever it is that they want to do, whether or not they want to sing, they want to build a skyscraper or something. You want to be able to like really support your children. So I'm hoping that them seeing my rise, my my soon rise to fame, hopefully, <laughs> they're like, okay, well, you know, maybe this is something feasible. Because I think more times than other, the only thing that's stopping you from your dream is that barrier. For either yourself or your parents. So, and it takes a lot to like go against your parents and your beliefs, and and it takes a lot for your parents to fully understand. Like, okay, I get it, because they're scared for you. I'm scared for me too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be scared together. And I, I'm, I understand. I, I understand because you know, from my perspective, like my parents came here and they worked hard. They went to school. They managed several jobs, and then. You know, I feel like our generation, we have, it's just so many things that are changing. And it's hard for them to to catch up and to, like, really grasp what is going on. Mm-hmm. So, 
tell. And then we also have to take the time to explain it to them, too. Because in their mind, it's like, you can always just be like a nurse or something. In their mind, it's like, why are you always playing on your phone? You should yeah. be doing this. And I'm like, I'm answering emails. Like, I'm, I'm promoting myself. I'm doing work. It's like, mm, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> and then, it, you know what's funny? Like, my mom used to say that. And when she came out to my show, and people would come up to me like, oh, yeah, I saw this on, on Instagram. She'd be like, Okay. That's what you're doing. It works, I see. <laughs> so I think it's up to us as well to take take the time and really explain to our parents what we want to do and what's going on. All right. So before we go, you have to drop your dear black girl open letter. Oh no. Okay. So I wrote it in a poetic form. I hope it's good. I'm not. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it says, Dear Black Girl. You've always been greater than enough. There will be times you will be misunderstood, but stand firm and never tilt your crown. You see, we've always set the tone and brought life onto this earth, and that they will never take away from you. Dear black girl, travel the world and all it has to offer. Trust that intuition, girl, and never settle for less. It's all or nothing. Dear black girl, don't be afraid to love. Be wise because not everyone can handle a heart like yours. Dear black girl, don't be afraid to fly, but don't be afraid to take that first step. Sign, Ricketti. <laughs>